0: Welcome to The Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Hey guys, Chad here, and we've got a special announcement that I am super psyched about. We are announcing the first ever Real Estate Hackers Conference. Get excited. It's called The Next Generation of Real Estate Investing focused on really the future of where investing is going, combining real estate, tech, and all the innovation coming about. It's going to be held in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the Lancaster Convention Center. We're going to have 40 speakers, including many folks that you've heard on this podcast, folks like Matt Faircloth, Jerry Horst, Anna Kelly, Michael Manti, even Eric Cabral, who produces the show, will be there. Networking at night on Friday and Saturday at some super fun places, within walking distance of the event. And we're going to have 100 vendors who are cross-investing. These are folks I wish I had met when I first started investing in real estate. Each will even have a discount coupon to save you money the first time you work with them. April 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Lancaster Convention Center. Go to realestatehackersconference.com to learn more. That's realestatehackersconference.com. Use the code HACKERS to save 50 bucks. And man, I hope to see you there. It's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. On to the show. What is up, guys? I am pumped. Got a really cool investor in the house today who is doing some really awesome innovation in kind of how he structures the team, how he focuses deals. Willie Mandrell, thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on. So you're, you're a buy and hold investor. I guess that's the most simple way to explain it.
1: It is. With a whole bunch of complexity <laughs> and experience. How long have you been at this? Slowly, 13 years, but very slowly in the beginning, kind of getting my feet wet, learning the business. And uh, over the last, I would say, four uh, years, kind of really ramped it up. So what I love about what Willie's done, and
0: what I really want folks to kind of get from this episode and, and think about is how you have turned investing into a, what I would call really a factory. Yeah. I don't know if you think about it that way in or An not, assembly but, line, yeah. Uh, an assembly so, line, so, exactly. It's yeah. a better, way to, a better <laughs> analogy. You know, I think a lot of times buy and hold investors you know, it's it's one person with a whole bunch of relationships out there, right? Everyone says, build your team, which I hate. I hate that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> it's way overused, by the way. But everybody says, build your team. And when they say that, what they really say is, hey, you've got one person who then has a group of, you know, a hundred people they kind of know. And they call when they have a problem. So let's just talk people through how you've like totally thrown that against the wall and instead said, no, why don't we turn it into an assembly line where it's the same people basically doing the same job all the time. You know, the same way how, you know, if you're making shoes, uh, the same person ties the shoelaces. You don't have a different person tying shoes and then a different person putting the sole on.
1: So for me, it kind of all started. I'm I'm, I'm in this business. I, I bought my first three or four multifamilies, and I'm out of the conventional financing space, right? I'm tapped out of the conventional financing space. I come across bigger pockets, you know, the BRRR strategy, the BRRR strategy. I fall in love with it. So I, I spend all this time marketing for deals and going out and sourcing leads. I get the deal in house. It's a great deal, and now I'm going out and I'm I'm struggling and finding, you know, working with banks and hard money lenders and finding the financing. Um, I finally line up the financing, and then I'm going to the construction side, and I'm I'm managing the rehab, and I'm fixing up the property, and then I'm going over to the leasing side, and I'm getting great tenants." Well, all while the latter three are happening, I'm no longer sourcing good deals, right? I'm no longer finding good deals and then going out there and marketing. So the, the, the pipeline slows down and then I'm going back to the beginning and, and, and starting that train up again. So you do that a couple of times and you get a little frustrated. And then I had some friends and some family members in the business and um, started sitting down with them and just kind of, ch- you know, chatting. And um, me and three other guys basically came up with, you know, um, you know kind of this supply chain or this, uh, you know, uh, inventory uh, thing Thing that we're, we're doing now where, you know, I'm at the kind of the head of the snake where I'm sur- sourcing the deals. And that's all I do is I go out there and I, you know, sometimes we overlap. But for the most part, my job is finding good deals, sourcing leads, hand it down to the next guy. He focuses on working with the banks, finding us the best possible financing, the best construction terms, working with the lender to, you know, for draw appointments and everything else. And then uh, the construction guy, have, he's a licensed CSL. He'll pull the permit, take over the construction, run all our subs, uh, and then the last guy on the chain uh, takes over the property management, deals with all the leasing uh, of the units, and uh, kind of handling the day to day there. And it all kind of just, and as I as I find deals, we can just continue to send them down the pipeline.
0: That's great, man. I, uh, it's such an interesting. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people in real estate who have like partnerships where it's them in one person. I'm not sure I've ever talked to someone who has. Quite this level of defined roles, (laughs) Uh, but I really like it. And and as someone who has done a couple of these different roles, I can totally see the value in just being able to focus. And so I think I mean you described it so eloquently, which is you you know you bring on a deal, and then you're having to work on basically the kind of it's the same reason why in a company sales and operations are usually separated, right? And because it's just really hard to keep nurturing that sales pipeline while you got to deal with the crap on the other end.
1: No, and no, we found that like it's it's the small things. I think if you look at the financing side, for me, it was I, I got this great deal, and a uh, construction or whether it be hard money or you do con- or commercial financing with throw a rate of let's call it, you know, in today's market four and a half percent at you. For me, at that point, I was kind of like, "Look, I, I got this deal. It took me so much, so long to source it, and now I have to focus on getting the construction, everything." I was, "Yeah, you know, give me, give me the four or five, and you know, whatever origination fee you want, and whatever." Whereas now you have a guy that's focused on, or a guy or girl that's focused on just finding the best financing for us. So I'm in Boston. Prices are high, values are high, and the difference between four or five and four two five is huge in terms of our savings month to month, our cash flow, um, bringing that origination cost down. Um, you know. Uh, some of the double the the, the 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 little small things and fees that you pay for, um, kind of eliminating those things and finding the best long term financing deals for us on the construction side. You know, I, saving you know ten to fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollars here between different subs is huge. So I, you know, though n- none of us own a hundred percent of the deal, those deals that come out on the other end are just so much more efficient, so much more uh, profitable for us.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, man. I just oh, God, I mean, when you can focus, you can get really good. Right. Because if you think about it, if your deal's a, it's a million dollar. I don't know what's your average like deal size. I would say somewhere about
1: around a million dollars. Our our target in Boston is, uh, especially with that burst strategy, is to pick up three families, uh, somewhere in the six to six fifty range. We're probably going to put one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand into them. Our is to be uh, into the property for roughly eight and have them be worth a million at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. So you know, I mean, on a million, the difference in Between a 4.5 and a 4.25, basically a quarter
1: point on a million dollars, that's that's real money. It's it's real money. It's real (laughs) money. And again, it, it, it would it stop me from doing the deal initially? No, but I mean, all that, those, all those little things add up. Um, even when I was running the construction side myself, you know, the, the guy that we have there now also has his, uh, I don't know how it is in, in, in other parts of the country, but lead paint is a huge part of, uh, you know, the Boston rental market. Um, everything that we have in Boston was built in the 1900s, the early 1900s. So lead paint law comes 1978. We have a huge housing stock now that all has, you know, lead paint, you know, contains lead paint. So he went out and got his certification, um, basically cuts our lead lead paint uh, cost of removal in half now so just little things like that make a huge difference down down so the road so it's almost like in in house lead paint remediation right exactly so we have we he doesn't have the he goes out and we get the lead paint test we get the report and he he has the license the removal and remediation license um, we get some guys in there he oversees them a tester comes back out and our certificates are in hand that's great this
0: factory, I would I, imagine another nice thing is you can probably handle more deals than the average group could. What does your deal flow look like? Like how many deals are you trying to push through this
1: conveyor belt? Right. So I'll give you a kind of a, um, a lead. So you back up in my position. I'm I'm the, the lead source, lead generation guy. I would say – Um, There are not too many days, you know, where I'm not getting two to three leads that come in the, you know, come in my email or text message or something like that. So let's say on an average year, we're probably getting 100 leads, we're probably buying maybe three to four um, buildings a year. Boston's again a very uh, you know high-priced market. There's a ton of stuff that comes in. A lot of it's crap. I mean, we're probably going. We're probably getting a hundred leads in. We'll probably go to see 40 of those properties. We'll probably physically be on site for 40 of those. We'll probably put in offers on another 25. Um, we'll probably get offers accepted on maybe five, five or six, and actually close three or four at the end of the day. So we're buying. Let's call it three to four properties in a year, each of them containing roughly two hundred thousand dollars in equity. We're probably doing pretty well, um, or they, you know, that, that's what we would describe as a, as a good year for ourselves.
0: Yeah, and then holding these things for a, a long period of time.
1: Like- yeah, we have no intention of um, of selling. We're all relatively the crew is relatively young. Um, we all have a twenty plus year timeline in terms of our you know buy and hold strategy. All of the same mindset you know, like I said, so yeah, it's just holding on to them and and, and letting the neighborhood progress. And uh, one of the things I actually, you know, kind of a side note, one of the things I love about this as well is you have, you know, our financing guy is a licensed mortgage broker. Our construction guy holds his CSL and does some things with lead paint. Our property management guy is a property manager looking to grow his business. uh, And I am a real estate agent. So, the nice part about it is, is where it's not just the buy and hold that we're helping each other out with, but it's also me sending my uh, my clients over to the financing guy to make sure that he's eating, you know, as well. Or. You know the financing guy saying, "Hey, there's a 203k loan that needs to be had, and we need a construction uh, element of that, and sending that down the pipeline as well." And then the property manager guy just builds his portfolio just by yeah. sheer, you know, um, you know, just, just sitting there. around by so, being Someone's got to do it, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So as so a
0: fellow property management company owner. Uh, Nobody wants to do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, And he feels like I hate mentioning him last because he feels like he's at the end of the chain. Um, you know, maybe I reverse it and kind of you know you know mention him last. But he he always says I'm the last man on the on the totem pole. And I'm like, that's yeah, it's not like that. You're probably the most important guy. Right. On, you know, there. It's us not only just feeding that that cash flow and long term, uh, you know, property you know building together, but it's also feeding our day to day businesses as well. I love the uh, supply chain concept.
0: But then even going one level deeper is basically then building out basically a business around that and creating these partnerships where you basically hand things off down the line. It's just – that's awesome. What are some things that – have you seen – like as you – because you probably start off by doing this all by yourself. Um, were you self-managing at that point
1: too? I was, was self-managing and, um, that's one of the biggest things about this as well. Getting kind of that, I'm, I'm not a people person. Uh, I'm just not, uh, you know, so it's, it's a little tough for me. I, I, am I'm also not a, someone who likes to say no a lot and you have to say no a lot in property yeah. management. And, um, that off my plate was, uh, was huge for me as well. That's awesome. When
0: you were able to hand off the prime management company and not, have you seen like it get better?
1: Like it. it the operations get better. Well, and all of this has gotten better because of that. We're treating it like a like a real company, like a real business, versus like you said, and you know, individuals going out. So those little, even the little things that I pick up, you know, little tidbits I you know get from listening to a podcast or reading a book. You know, I'll sit down. We meet once a month, uh, you know, at the very least, and we'll you know share that with our property management, uh, you know, side, and they'll implement it into their uh, to their individual business. And same thing for other other aspects. It's it's hey, um, will I heard about this really good, um, you know, skip tracing software um, that you can probably use on the lead generation side, Mm -hmm. Uh, go check it out. And so it's just kind of throwing those, uh, those little things that we're all actively looking for in the business. Um, Instead of me, you know, when I first started out is me trying to test out the the, the skip trace uh, software, finding, looking at Yardi and some of the other property management softwares, and he kind of evaluating those and finding out whether there's duplication of, between softwares and, and, and talking to the banks and sitting down and having lunch with the, your local mortgage broker. It was just too much. It was just too much coming at one person at one given time. So kind of se- separating it like this has been, a, uh, has been a great experience for us.
0: It's awesome. So the partnership, I would think it's one of the challenges to this is having everyone be happy, Right, and, absolutely, and someone not feeling like they're getting screwed, basically, and and maybe not so much specifics of the numbers, but more, how how does that work? Like, how do you
1: negotiate that partnership? And is each deal a different LLC? It is. That, is. So that that's a good question. So every deal that we do is a separate LLC. We don't have we. We initially, the initial approach was, hey, everybody kind of come in and, 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 and take 15% or 20% or whatever it may be, depending on your, and it just doesn't work that way. You have to kind of set it up and take it deal by deal. Each deal is going to be, have a certain level of profitability, um, who sourced the deal. Though I am the lead generation, in the lead generation position, we don't discourage the the money guy from saying, hey, let, you know, let's go out and find deals or talk to people at a networking event or uh, talk to real estate agents. Um, so each individual deal is an LLC. Uh, each individual property is held in a separate LLC. Uh, and it's all, you know, deal by deal basis. We also have certain money partners that come in because we don't, always use our own financing. Uh, sometimes we'll have an, an equity partner that comes in and it joins as a, as a kind of a fifth partner in the deal. Um, and depending on how much they take and how much cash flow is coming out of the deal, um, you know, we'll kind of break it up, you know, on there. Was it
0: tricky to get to the right number? So everyone feels oh, so like... That's, sorry, that was yeah. the other part of your question. The yeah. com-
1: communication. That's, that's what it is. I mean, these deals are... Um, when we came into this thing, we all agree this is very much like a marriage, right? I mean, we're—it's a long term. We're—we're we're together. In some respects, we'll probably be together longer than each of our marriages. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. That is sad. It's sad, but it's an American fact. I mean, that's just—you know—like I said. So. It's communication is the key. If you're absolutely right, there are, does does one person feel like they may be getting the short end of the stick? It's all about communication, and when that person feels that way, we encourage them to say, "Hey, this is what you know." Like I said, you know, let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's see how we can make it right for you. Um, there was a situation where, and I know these guys are gonna look listen to this thing and uh and kick my ass for mentioning this, but our, That's our okay, they're not here now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> our general contractor has his lead paint license, and he was deletting our financing guy's house, personal residence, okay. and uh, some things got lost in translation, and um, there was multiple tests done, and you know they failed, and everything else, and you know we came to the table together, and it was really just all about. You know, it was a mistake. There was some things that I didn't interpret right. There was some things that weren't said correctly or, or spelled out um, that they should have been. And for us, it's really just about look. We have to look at the bigger picture. Um, it was a mistake that was made. Um, let's make it right for the for the individual that was uh, that was hurt by it. But at the end of the day, we all understand that this is a, that the that the true benefit um, to this long term thing that we're building is much greater than what were you know the mistakes today. And I think when you when you think about that, um, and you just make sure. I, I, one thing I like to say as well is. When people get into partnerships, they often think about all the good things, all the things, we're gonna make a ton of money together, we're all gonna get rich, we're all gonna get wealthy. But if you lay out from the very beginning all the things that can go wrong, what if somebody gets sick? And what if somebody wants to move to California? We don't operate in California. Um, What if somebody says they're just not good at their individual position? What if somebody dies during the process? What happens to their assets? If you lay out all those things, put it into your own words, Dump it onto an attorney's desk and have them put some type of contract to you, you know, for you together. I think things work out a lot better th- that way when everyone is on the same page right from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so well said. I I feel like the devil's in the details. Um, so I, I mean, my business partner and I, we grew up together, so we were yeah. five, we were friends, so that helped a lot. There was yeah. some trust. But even as such, man, it is. I don't know if he even li- he listens to these things, but like I was thinking like, I was comparing <laughs> that to my wife, and I was thinking. I there is no question that the relationship that I have on the business side takes more energy to keep healthy than the relationship with my own wife. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, and and everyone thinks like the I think that that doesn't that maybe sounds counterintuitive, but at least for us, I mean, the the stress level on our business is higher than the stress level in my marriage. Yeah,
1: no, I I, <laughs> I would agree. I would agree.
0: Uh, and so I think people, uh, that's what you forget is like when you start a business. There isn't any stress because you're just – it's a blank piece of paper. You know, there's no – and there's no emotion and, you know, when someone's actually screaming at you or there's serious money or whatever and there's differences. I mean, even if you've had amazing partners, I think one thing that makes a partnership great is you come at things from different angles. And so if you do, you're not – even good partnerships are not going to agree on everything. And, you know, we're putting so much blood, sweat, and tears into it and you don't agree. Like dealing with that is tricky. Right. Uh, you know, as opposed to – you know, if my
1: wife wants my daughter to have pink shoes or yellow shoes, I, like whatever, <laughs> I'm out. You know, it's tough. It is. I mean, again, what's also tough is doing everything yourself, and that—that's what I keep coming back to. Is sometimes some days I get frustrated, and, and I would admit some days I'm like, I just the next deal that comes in, I'm not going to tell anybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it myself. You know, when I source this thing, I'm the head of the snake. I'm—I'm the one, you know, feeding this group. But no, at the end of the day. I'm here with you today and I have enough confidence that if things, things are still getting done while I'm not here, yeah. right? You know, like there's property management, there's still, you know, uh, the deals. If my phone starts to ring, somebody else is kind of taking that text message that I call or can handle that. So that's one of the benefits. I go, I go on vacation. I used to go on vacation and it wasn't a vacation. I would have my laptop. I would have my phone. Um, I would have things open and it was constant, this constant, constant. Especially on the property management side, if I'm if I'm you know a tenant calls you and says, hey, you know my sink's not working, or my tug's clogged, you got to kind of deal with them. If I'm in in another state or you know another country, how am I going to deal with that? Whereas if you have a solid team, if you have guys that not not when I say team, I don't necessarily mean a contractor. I mean someone who is who no, who's interests or aligned with yours. Yeah, right? no, I think that's, that's yeah, such yeah.
0: a, I, I want to just go one level deeper on that because I think you're so right. Because I was I was poking fun at the team thing. Yeah. And, and what I don't like about it is I don't actually think it's a team. It's not a like, team. Just because you, just because <laughs> you, pay shook, you were not on the same like, team. <laughs> like I, I uh, there's this group that charges you 25k to join and get taught for a couple days, which is a complete waste of money. Please don't do that. And and th- their big thing is build a team, build a team, build a team. Right. And when their version of that is, go to a meetup, shake a bunch of hands, get a card, oh, yeah. and now you've got a team. It's like bullshit. Like yeah. that's not a team. Right, <laughs> like right. you know the same way as you know the Philadelphia Phillies don't just. Go to the random lot right. and pick up a guy and say, "Hey, you want to be a catcher? All right, you're my catcher." You right, know, right? Like- right? No,
1: no. Your your interest. When I say team, I mean someone whose interests are aligned in with mine. Right. So if if that, you know, um, you know, my real estate agent. If I, if the type of thing. I like sometimes I use another real estate agent that you know is outside of the company. The higher the sales price, the the bigger their commission, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my plumber, you know, the the worse the problem is, the the higher the efficiency, the more the more, the more he mm-hmm. makes. Yeah. The, those yeah. those those interests are not in, li- in line with mine, right? Um, when I say team member, I mean somebody who's on my team who can with say, an equity hey, stake. I mean, with an I mean, equity stake, so, I mean, right? So I think right. that's
0: like that. That's really the the crux of it is. Right. You start talking equity, then it's a game changer. Right. I mean, because now. It's that person's pocketbook. It's coming out right, of exactly right. <laughs> right we're we're all
1: we're all taking a, a share in that, and that person, whether I'm on vacation or on this podcast with you, has my interest in line along with their own, and can keep those costs down or do the, whatever is best for that particular situation. It's awesome, man. I guess the good news is every deal's
0: its its own, so the structure to be different per right. deal. If, if maybe a deal's heavier on the construction side, maybe the construction guy gets a little more equity. Exactly. Uh, if it's a, hey, this thing doesn't need much, like this is a little, little less work here.
1: That's, exa- that's exactly right. And we're, we've um recently stretched into Rhode Island as well, our neighboring, our, our neighbor state. Yeah, love Rhode Island. I don't though you may I don't go to Rhode Island. I'm I'm, I've I've started a little bit earlier than these guys. I have a little bit more of a portfolio in the city of Boston. Um, I don't know anything about Rhode Island. So there's a couple of them. And in this particular situation, if I'm not sourcing the lead, I don't want these guys to get, you know, feel like, oh, well, Willie needs to be a part of the deal because he's part of this 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 crew. No, I've already said to them go out and say if you guys buy something in Rhode Island you don't need me if you buy a rent ready property in Rhode Island that's that's on you guys um, same thing with the with the with our construction guy he's not licensed in Rhode Island so he kind of is cut out of the deal as well it's really the property manager and the financing guy who say yeah let's go down to Rhode Island buy something that's fine we're happy for you we want to see you grow so it's recognizing when you're needed when you're not needed I think people in human nature, um, people overvalue themselves, so kind of realizing that and stepping back and saying maybe I'm not needed in this particular situation, um, and just be ge- being genuinely happy for when someone else succeeds within that within that network as well. Yeah, and I
0: think uh, one thing I've seen also with having a, a partnership is look, it's it's really easy when you're you know if you're out you know you take a Saturday and you're in the road and you're at some meetup meeting people in your case and, right, right. you know you're trying to get some leads and you're like man are these other guys working that right. you know. But I think, I, I forget who told me this the other day, but they said, um, it was it was, a, it was another partnership, and they said, you know, their their trick to success is just they have trust that the other people, they care as much and they work as hard in their own way. Right, 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 And that that may show in different ways. I think that's right, that like, you know, to some people, you know, working on a Sunday night at home is the right time. To someone else, you know, it's during the week, and to someone else is down the road, some people, But different roles
1: are different ways, and and that's that's okay. But
0: as long as they're just really good at what they do,
1: it's results that matter at the end of the day. Results. I don't. don't, It doesn't matter if you work seventy hours a week and you get nothing done, or you work twenty hours a week and you you source all these deals. I don't. If you want to play golf on a Tuesday and work on a Sunday night, it makes really no difference to me as long as the job gets done. You know, at the end of the day, old friend of mine told me, you know, older gentleman. Said that you know, like the key to marriage, and I kind of you know pull this over to the uh, business side as well. Is is just kind of uh, always trying to outwork your partner to do more for them, right? Or I can't remember his exact words, but it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a challenge to do who can do more for the next person. Yeah, and I, I'd kind of bring that over to the business side as well. I want I don't want to be the guy that's kind of in the middle. I want to be able to say that you know, like I said, I'm killing it on on my you know, my job, my aspect of this, of this partnership. It's awesome, man. I love it. Give me an example, maybe
0: of something that as you've really focused yourself on the finding of deals, you mentioned using skip tracing. Um, I don't know, maybe talk me something that you've seen, maybe even the tech front to help you find deals that as you've been able to focus more on that, your craft has gotten better. So I'm not super tech.
1: You know, but I, but I'll tell you, I'm not super tech. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's exactly how you can tell I'm not a super tech <laughs> guy because I'm not super tech. But there you go. Um, so one of the things that we do, I I'm I'm big on networking. I'm big on you know um, you know just talking to people, shaking hands. Again, your, your, your listeners are going to be like, this has nothing to do with technology. But I basically went to the real estate board and got a list of, I on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, I go to the local real estate board and just pull a list of all the local real estate agents. And I have all the local real estate agents on a drip campaign, um, you know, with with messages that, hey, we we are your buyers, right? We are, we close quickly with all the generic, you know, the, we close quickly. We can, you know, we're buying cash. We're looking for the worst properties that nobody else can buy. You're, you know, we're not your FHA buyers. We're going to, you know, get these deals done um, and we buy multiple properties and you know and everything else so really just that that and um, I use I source meetup.com I use meetup.com started a real estate group called built Boston Wealth Builders uh, roughly 2,200 members in the group right now which is real estate from real estate agents from all offices local wholesalers and uh, other investors as well I get a ton of deals from other investors who just kind of like hey I got this great deal Um, we just don't have the capital we don't we don't know how to fund this thing you know i either partner with them and have bring them in on some of the equity or just um you know just buy it straight out from them mm-hmm. so it's really just it's really just networking and using like i said for me it's just that email drip campaign just every it, there's a ton of real estate agents in boston you know i feel like everyone in their mothers a real estate has a real estate license right now you just continue to get that list and continue to make sure that they understand that you're there you're there they're first to go buyer a
0: little layer deeper so i mean so in, in terms of your email drip campaign, let me just you know, kind of frame this for the audience. So basically, it's so you're out there basically getting the list of all the folks who are real estate agents, right. which is which by the way, agents are thrilled to be on that list because that's how they get business. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? right, right so yeah, yeah. They're not they're not they're not ashamed to be on that list. And then and then what? It's sending them some kind of an email with some basic content around. Here's our latest deal. Yeah. Here's something I'm working on, just so you're kind of top of
1: mind. Absolutely, it's here's our latest deal. We, um, through Boston Wealth Builders, invite agents and and uh, the real estate investor community out to our projects to see what a rehab project looks like. What a you know we'll bring them out after the demo, and just so you can see what it looks like to have it opened up you know, um, you know, a shell of a house. And here's what we're going to spend on the electrical. And here's what we're going to do for the plumbing. And here's how we finance the deal. And here's how where our money is. And was here's what the profitability is. And it just kind of open it up. I don't we don't try to hide anything or full disclosure, we just kind of open it up and just say here, here's 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 what it is. And through that education, you know, people, you know, remember us and they keep, keep coming back and they a lot of real estate agents, a lot of new investors, hey, I just, you know, my my aunt, has a three family in Boston and um, I know it's in your particular neighborhood and I don't know what to do with this property, but I heard you on a podcast or I heard, I came to one of your networking events and um, really learned a lot and wanted to see if you can either coach me through the deal or, you know, like I said, buy it from me or bring me on as an equity partner. So it's just really just getting your name out there in any way, shape or form.
0: That's so good. That's so good. It's interesting that you really focus on basically buying three unit uh, buildings I mean, you are hyper-focused. Three units in Boston. Three units within three neighborhoods within Boston. Only three neighborhoods? Only three neighborhoods within Boston. Wow. Uh,
1: Which which I guess means that you can walk that property and know in seconds what's worth. That's exactly right. You are 100% right. I don't even need to walk the property half the time. I can tell you that if I got a phone call right now and there was or uh, text message while I'm on this podcast with you, and there was, I got a text message that say I got a, a three family in Dorchester for 550, and it's uh, 3,200 square feet. I probably have to cut your listeners off right now and go <laughs> go, go get that deal under contract right now because um, I, I wouldn't. Need, I don't need to walk it. I don't need to see it. I don't need to. I just assume at that price point, on um, with that square footage. Um, I'm just gonna assume it's a gut rehab and I know that at 550, I can put $300,000 into it, roughly $100 a square foot or maybe a little bit more, um, be into it for 8850, have it be worth over a little over a million. That's our bread and butter all day long within those particular neighborhoods. You tell me a street, and you give me the address and you know the square footage on the house, and and that's that's why we've created that niche. We've you know hyper focused, and there's enough inventory. It's harder to find. Like I mentioned, I'm probably buying you know four or five deals, where other investors in other states are probably doing 20 or 30 deals. We just don't need to do that type of volume. You know, with with the price point that we have. And the rents that we're getting—it's just uh, you only need to do a couple of deals a year in Boston to really, you know, be a successful real estate. Right. investor. and I guess on
0: top of that, you're still in what an you're an agent helping out other buyers,
1: yeah. find deals. I'm getting away from the agent work um, as of recent. I'm doing a little bit more coaching, and mentoring. There are other uh, teams out there that want to know exactly what we're building, how we're building it. Um, so I've recently, I, I, right now, I'm in my mid-thirties. Um, I think it's really important when I was coming along, let's say I'm in my early 20s, mid-20s, there were a lot of uh, coaches and mentors out there, but they were in their 50s and 60s. And I felt like there was a that 30 to 40-year difference. I felt like they were in a different market, a different time. Interest rates were like 14% or something crazy like that, right? Yeah. So... I, why I'm getting into to more of the coaching and mentoring and 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 coaching or consulting now, I think there's less of a disconnect. I'm still in the market. I think there are you know uh, guys and girls in their 20s and early 30s and mid 30s who want to learn this business, and I think that I'm able to connect with them a little bit better, being not far removed from where they you know where they are right now.
0: So good stuff, Willie. I, uh, I appreciate it. It's just so interesting. I love I love the model. I love what you're working on uh, in a in a hot market like Boston. Focusing, you know, really drilling down all the way, not being everything to everyone, right? But instead saying, I'm gonna be the best.
1: Yeah. Like, no, I, I think that's that's I was taught from an early age, it's the uh no don't no disrespect to anybody who's an MD. They they make great money, but it's the heart specialist, it's the brain surgeon who makes the real money, the specialist versus the generalist.
0: Cool. Uh, so, Willie, if, if folks want to connect with you, maybe they've got a three-unit in... Uh, oh, absolutely. W- what
1: are the three, <laughs> by the way, what are the three neighborhoods you even cover in Boston? Uh, Dorchester, Roxbury, Mattapan. Uh, I mean, I will certainly, if you have a deal, if you have your listeners have a deal and they're outside of that, I have a, like I said, Boston Wealth Builders, 2,200-member uh, network right now. Send it over to me the way it works. You send it over to me. I take a look at it. If it's not for us, we blast it out to our membership and help you find the, uh, the buyer at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: So I lived at Coolidge Corner, so you wouldn't take a deal on Coolidge Corner. If I could I afford understand.
1: Coolidge Corner, I would certainly go to Coolidge Corner. I <laughs> is not a, not a. I wouldn't say it's it's a great place to live, but it's not a rental market in uh, in Boston any longer.
0: Just too expensive.
1: Way too expensive. Yeah, there are not too many markets. South Boston used to be a rental market. Um, Charlestown, you stay away from neighborhoods like that. East Boston is even even um, for those you know people who know Boston is a, a crazy market. Everybody's converting all the three families into condos now. So um, I would say those are the the Dorchester, Roxbury, Mattapan, the last three neighborhoods where you can find cash flowing property still
0: and is the long-term play to eventually sell your
1: things into condos most likely yeah we'll figure that out 15 20 years that's down so the road sad, isn't it right <laughs> yeah yeah so. it's, it's
0: almost like your your rental business it's, uh, like
1: it's going to die at yeah, some point I mean, <laughs> it's, <right>? going, <laughs> it's going to die at some point and uh we might be the last generation to kind of hold on to some of that but you know like i said while we're here we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna buy them up and uh and hold on to them and you know it wouldn't be a bad point i mean it wouldn't be a bad thing if uh you know Dorchester turned into the South End or Coolidge Corner at some point in the uh, yeah. you know the next twenty what, years. I mean it's just, it just keeps pushing rentals further out. It, it, it does, it does. I mean I think that if you want to, and I and I, um, I had said this to to before um, we hopped on, is our you know our even our housing vouchers are going for twenty five to three thousand dollars right now, twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars for we'll it, section eight for housing vouchers.
0: So uh, a a section eight voucher. I mean I was just on the phone trying to negotiate. From eight hundred to nine hundred, <laughs> and poor Sue in the Section Eight office, she was not willing to give me the extra hundred dollars, even though I thought my tenant was do it. And you are getting three grand. <laughs>
1: three grand for for that's that's a, a four bedroom house, housing voucher goes from anywhere from twenty eight hundred to thirty two hundred. Um, three bedrooms are twenty six to twenty nine right now. Um, it is absolutely insane. I'm blown away, and I was I, you know we talked about it. And, you know my mortgage is thirty two on my house. I could I could barely afford a three bedroom. <laughs> Apartment that I currently own, I could barely afford my own rentals. Essentially, is what it comes down to. It's nuts. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely nuts. But yeah, I, I don't know what the future of. I, I know that Boston's a strong market. You know, MIT, Harvard, best institutions in the world, best um, some of the best schools, some of the best hospitals. It's a strong market um, to be to invest. Whether everything gets converted into condos at some point in the future, I'm not really sure. But we, we have no intention. We're going to buy, hold, and continue to rent these things out, um, and see what the you know see what the future holds. But um, in terms of people getting in contact with me, uh, you know uh, mandrelco.com is my website. M-a-n-d-r-e-l-l-c-o.com. Um, you can actually go to slash backslash coaching um, and I'm giving away a 30-minute consulting or coaching call uh, for anybody who wants to learn more about kind of building their portfolio. Um, and then if you're in the local Boston market, it's Bostonwealthbuilders.com. That is our meetup site. You can go directly there, join the group. It's free. Come out to our networking meetings, uh, shake some hands, and um, you know, like I said, learn and some I, things I about Boston. I want to
0: just to go hang on Coach Corner a little while. I had some <laughs> exactly. good time out there. <laughs> Um, That is awesome, man. Uh, Good stuff, and your coaching stuff sounds really great. I assume you take Folks from all over the country. All the country, yeah. With? I mean, we
1: have clients all all over the not place. Not just
0: three. Not just three units in. No, uh, no. I like, mean, my Boston. specific
1: knowledge might be a, l- a little limited if you're in Memphis or you know, like I said, or, or Dallas. But um, the concepts are still there. And sometimes, you know, it's just having a sounding board, having somebody to kind of bounce ideas off you, uh, off of uh, having somebody uh, give you kind of a different way to think about different things. So, um, no, we we're not just not just in Boston. Uh, anybody who wants to uh, to hop on. Um, get that 30 minute free coaching call. And then, if you like, I said, if you're if we find a connection, we can talk about, you know, kind I love of it. contract. Uh, from there. We need
0: it. We need a term for your like uh, way of putting together a team and a partnership.
1: I don't know what uh, it is it's an, assembly line, an assembly line, <laughs> it's assembly line, uh, uh, assembly line, <laughs> assembly method. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's great. I, uh, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people, met a lot of people. I, I've never quite met someone who has created the assembly line and given out equity quite like that. But I, it's just
1: brilliant. Super yes. smart. No, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you uh, you having me on. And uh, you know, I love listening to the show. And I look forward to the the, uh, the conference coming up as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, got, uh, we are pumped. It's going to be awesome. Real estate conference, first weekend in April. And uh, doing some cool stuff. 600 people all coming together in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'll be, I'll be one of them. All right, man. Willie, thanks for joining us. If you want to meet Willie, uh, so you're coming to our conference. You're there, right? Yeah, I'll be there. All right. That's going to be awesome. Willie be at our conference. And uh, other folks like him. Doing crazy stuff all over, not just three units in Boston, but uh, if you want to buy a three-unit,
1: hit up Willie. <laughs> uh, but more important, I think your coaching is really going to take off. I, I love yeah, that. I hope so, and I, I really do think that there's a, I, you know, um, you know that that need for, you know, like I said, to to see somebody who's, you know, not too far removed from where you are, kind of doing it as well, and kind of getting their advice. So hopefully, awesome, man.
0: Good stuff, Willie. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. I have one more request. If you like this show, could you just please give us a review on Apple Podcasts? I'd really, really appreciate it so more investors can hear about us. Follow us at Real Estate Hackers on Instagram if you're cool like my wife. And if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up. Maybe we'll get you on this show. Real Estate Hackers is an on air brands production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.